Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast and today we're covering O's Manual Chapter 103 looking at liver transplantation and again this is going to be a two-parter. There are two types of liver disease that might put you in line for a transplant. Firstly, acute fulminant liver failure and secondly, chronic liver failure. I'll confess before studying for my fellowship exams that I had a very poor understanding of the very important distinctions between acute and chronic liver failure and I can't say I'm any expert on it now but it is a very important distinction to make. As a result of the huge divergence between acute fulminant liver failure and chronic liver disease, you can see transplant candidates presenting for transplant from the the semi-stable outpatient to the anapatic wreck who's sitting on a super urgent waiting list uh, on a ventilator and multi-organ failure. O quotes that about 20% of uh, transplant candidates are in multi-organ failure at the time of transplant. And this is generally quite different from other organ transplant populations who are generally temporised into some kind of stable ill health prior to being eligible and suitable for transplant. As a result, uh, their ICU course can be fairly unpredictable and can be a touch dramatic at times. To get listed, generally you have to have a greater than a 50% five-year survival prediction made at an MDT. And if you do get a liver, the one-year survival is generally above 90%. It can be difficult to predict the need for transplant in chronic liver disease, but the MELD score, the Modified End-Stage Liver Disease Score, is probably the best, despite being originally designed to predict who would benefit from tips. Of note, the MELD score should not be attempted manually, given that its equation goes somewhat like followed with the MELD equaling MELD score plus 1.32 times 137 minus the sodium minus big square brackets 0.033 times MELD times little roundy brackets 137 minus the sodium little round bracket closed, little square bracket closed. Definitely look it up in a calculator. There are a variety of operative techniques surrounding the plumbing at transplant, and the vascular supply and the biliary tree need to be plugged in somewhere, and just pray your surgeon is a good artist in the operation note for you to understand it. Split grafts can be common when a single donor uh, liver is used for two recipients, and there's obviously some understandable complexity to the surgical technique when this is done. Uh, don't be surprised if they come back with some rue on why hepatogegenostomy as a means of attaching the, the graft biliary tree to the gut. This does seem to be of modest relevance to the antimicrobial prophylaxis as connecting the upper GI tract more directly to the biliary tree might mean it's more likely to get bathed in fungi. Expect them to return having had a significant blood loss, but don't expect any raised eyebrows till you get beyond the 5 litres point. They do bleed and they bleed a lot. As the graft gets reperfused, lots of evil humours can get washed out and around the recipient, causing what could only be described as physiological embarrassment of a great degree that can continue all the way into their ICU stay. And their post-op course will be determined by multiple factors, particularly the number of failing organs the recipient had prior to the transplant beginning. They may return from theatre extubated, or they may return with all the machines and doodads turned up to 11. Like all transplants, primary graft dysfunction is the initial worry and our best test for following um, that is the, that the graft is working is to look for a falling INR, which is a good thing. Um, all the numbers should get better over time. Routine imaging of the biliary ducts and vessels is done within 24 hours typically and vascular thromboses are uncommon and O's manual states that arterial thromboses are more common than venous ones, though that has not been my own very limited personal experience of looking after transplant patients. Biliary issues uh, early are typically leaks. Um, if you've got a problem with your biliary tree, it's generally because there's some bile leaking somewhere. And either way, problems with the ducts and dopplers tends to get a four-phase CT scan and often a return to theatre. We'll cover a little bit more liver transplant on the next podcast. Thanks again for listening.